Hey friends, this is Misty Phillip and you are listening to the By His Grace podcast where I have inspiring conversations with prominent leaders, authors, musicians, and others to inspire and empower you in the journey all by His grace. Continuing my series of interviews from the National Religious Broadcast Media Convention, I have a special treat for you today. I sat down with Phil Cook. Phil is a Hollywood producer and the CEO of Cook Media in Los Angeles and the nonprofit The Influence Lab. Phil has written 12 books and hundreds of magazine articles, TV programs, commercial scripts, and he is a highly respected, innovative communicator. I can't think of a better person to have a conversation with about creativity. Creativity takes far more courage than most people realize. Phil has spent decades working as a creative professional, and he is convinced that the fear of being able to deliver great ideas on a deadline is one of the greatest challenges when it comes to producing creative work. Phil shares insights in this episode from Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, to Charles Dickens and Thomas Edison, but also practical takeaways to help you spark creativity, focus, and be more productive. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Phil Cook, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I, I am thrilled to be here. I am thrilled to be here too. And I am so, this is just a really fun side note, but Phil and I are here at the NRB Convention yeah. Center in the media room. And he sat down with Mark Lanier's book. And Mark happens to be my my Bible study teacher for many, yeah. many years. And then we start talking about Jarrett Stevens, who's been on my podcast. Yes. Actually, when I interviewed Jarrett last year when his new book came out, it was the number one episode on my podcast. So, really? Yeah, Jerry wow, is he's a, great. Is a great guy. But I'm here today to talk to <laughs> Phil about ideas on a deadline. Yeah. And having creativity when the clock is ticking. Because yeah. Phil, you just wrote a new book, so tell us about that. Well, Ideas on a Deadline came out of a lifetime of being under the gun. I'm a television producer, and I discovered years ago, if I produce a Super Bowl commercial, they're not going to delay the Super Bowl so I can come up with a good idea. I've got to deliver on time, and my whole career has been spent against the clock. And so, But I keep meeting creative people, even regular people, business leaders, teachers, coaches, grandmas. I keep meeting people that think, you know, creativity comes out of the blue and it hits you when you're just sitting on your back porch waiting for that big idea, when the fire falls from heaven. And people don't understand that there are things you can do to make the ideas happen when you need them the most. And so I thought I'd write a book that were really was really covered all the ideas that I've used in my career and what a lot of research says about coming up with uh, creative ideas under pressure and how you can make that happen when you need it the most. 
That's really cool. Yeah, I know that God has shown up for me in my yeah. life when I've just said, "What What do you want me to do?" Like, just yeah. ask Him, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's really cool. And then other times, just in the middle of the busyness, yes. I'll have an amazing idea, and I know it's not mine. I know where it comes from. <laughs> I know where it comes from. So let's talk a little bit about working on a deadline. Yeah. So how can we get those ideas on a deadline? Well, I'll tell you, I, I actually like deadlines. I don't even start a creative project until I see the deadline looming in the distance. You know, I've, I've talked to pilots who tell me they don't get their blood pumping until the end of the runway starts coming up during a takeoff. And I'm the same way creatively. And, and I think that deadlines can be a really good thing because it gives you kind of boundaries, you know, when you have to deliver. And it's so important. But so many people freeze up when they get a deadline. And the idea idea is, one of the things I talk about in the book is just start. Just start. It doesn't have to be good. I, I joke often that I'm not a writer. I'm a rewriter. I just throw stuff out there <laughs> and play with it, edit it, move it around. And I, I wrote a book a few years ago called The Way Back. And I literally wrote two entire books. I, I, I wrote 250 pages before I really honed in on what I was supposed to be doing, threw all that out, started all over and came up with what I thought was a really good book. I did the so, exact same yeah, thing. Okay. No, no, no. I wrote my thing. I sent it to my ed- editor. It came back so bloody red. And she said, <laughs> Misty, this is two books. This is not even it's the same great. book, yeah. but that's great. So yeah, now you have good. two. Well, yeah. you know, even Van, I mean, yeah, Van Gogh, the artist said, just throw some yellow up on a blank canvas. Just get started. Do something. Yeah. So I think very often we're just so worried. We're, we want to be perfect. We want it to be great. You know, I tell you what, just get started. And I think that's the biggest key that a lot of people need to understand. Yeah. I remember when I first started speaking to very small, tiny rooms of women. <laughs> and I mean, I just over and over, I kept saying, do not despise humble beginnings. So true. Because we we need that. It's, it's our training ground. Oh. And so you're right. We don't need to be held back by fear. Yes. We just need to jump in and we're going to hone it all along the way. That's I, You know, I never thought I'd be a speaker. And in my late 20s, I was working for a conference and it was a media conference. And one of the speakers didn't show up. His plane got delayed. He didn't show up and they yelled at me, Phil, get over here and start speaking. And so I just did it out of the blue. And it was the first time I ever spoke anywhere. And now I'm speaking to thousands and thousands of people all over the world. So I'm going, I'm going to be speaking to a big global pastors conference in Rome uh, in a few weeks. And it all started because a guy didn't show up and they didn't ask me to step in. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think that's it. I think it's being a willing yeah. vessel, being brave to step out. Totally. And take that step and just, just say yes. Just say yes. That's so important. I, I think, you know, and, and another big thing I think that's really important for people to understand is making ideas happen doesn't just happen in your head. You know, so often we sit in our chair, we bang our head against the desk, coming up with an idea. But one of the things I talk in my book about is there's other things that can help trigger that. Walking, for instance. You know, Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard was a huge fan of walking. He would get up, write for a few hours in the morning, have lunch, and then spend the entire afternoon walking. Charles Dickens, the great novelist, uh, he had a, a time when he was experiencing insomnia, and he would get up in the middle of the night, walk through downtown London all night long, sometimes 10 or 20 miles. Oh my and many people look back now and say those amazing characters he created in, in Bleak House and all these great, great expectations, all these great novels, probably came from people he saw in the middle of the night wandering around London. And so I think what happens when we walk is our mind just starts wandering. You know, we're looking around. We're not thinking of stuff. We're not developing ideas. Don't start thinking about getting fired from your job or don't start thinking about that presentation you have. Just let your mind go. 
And it's amazing how often things will suddenly get triggered and pop into your head. Walking is powerful. Being in the shower is another great thing. You're you know? absolutely right. I could not agree with you more. So <laughs> I walk mostly every morning and I, yeah. and I, God will like spark ideas in me yes. and I just keep my notes app in my phone. I actually now keep my phone close to the shower. Smart. <laughs> because that's how Spark started was in a prayer. I, I, cr I was crying and praying in the bathtub and I asked God, where does my gifting and my calling line up in this next season? Wow. And... I heard podcast conference and I was like, I got my phone out and I started Googling, is there a Christian podcast, Christian podcast? There was no Christian podcast conference. That's true. And it came, it came in the back, uh, but you're right. Well, you know, it, I tell you when the, when the shower hits me, the ideas flow. Now here's the problem. I, you, you use your phone in the shower. I can't cause it'll get wet. So I, I get frustrated because I, by the time I get out of the shower, dry off, find a pen and paper, I've forgotten the idea. Right. So I was joking about that in the office one day and my assistant Googled it and found a company called Aquanotes. They make waterproof legal pads. I, I kid you not. No, I know. And they actually have stickers or suction cups on the back. You can stick them in the tile in the shower. And my productivity has gone through the roof since then. I can pop it right out. So the, the idea is don't do something that you have to focus on. You know, Willie Nelson said he gets most of his songs while driving. Anything you have to consciously think about is not going to help. You have to kind of be in a place where you're driving, you're in the shower, you're walking, doing something where your subconscious mind can start moving and, and you're not having to focus on something. And I'll tell you, ideas pop. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think sometimes I have the opposite problem because I work, 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 work so much yeah. that you also have to have rest in there. Absolutely. Because that's a biblical principle and taking mm -hmm. Sabbath and taking time. And I actually have a chapter on taking a Sabbath. Yeah. And what we're finding in Hollywood, because I'm a producer in Hollywood, is that even people who are not even remotely spiritual or Christians at all have discovered that I need to take a day off during the week. It's funny how God creates things and they, they're principles that work whether you believe in God or not. Right. And uh, so many people, in fact, I talk about a woman in the book who's not a Christian, but she's discovered, she runs a technology company and every Friday night she has everybody in her family put their phones in a basket and they don't touch them again till Sunday morning. She takes that Saturday off entirely as a she calls it a technology Sabbath, and uh, I think it makes a huge difference. Well, and I think that's great, especially for kids today, because they oh, yes. they need to learn, they need to learn to step away. Technology is amazing and wonderful. Like we need to know when we can walk. I away read from a study it. recently that the average person today today sees about ten thousand media messages every day. I saw one recently that indicated we touch our phone about two hundred and fifty times a day. Some 750 times a day, probably teenagers. Yeah. And so we live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. And if we don't take that time off, we're just going to burn out. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So, so tell me about some of the other chapters in your book. Well, and it's, what you, <laughs> on. you know, I have a whole chapter on dreams. Oh. Uh, you know, obviously the Bible talks a lot about dreams and uh, I've, I've, I looked, I went, took a deep dive into what a lot of research is going on. And what we discovered is very often, you know, for me, a fully blown idea doesn't necessarily happen in a dream, but what researchers believe is while we're sleeping, our brain is trying to make connections from experiences that we had during the day. Some think it's like defragging a computer, but I, I believe that, you know, all these, that's why we have such weird dreams. I have incredibly right? yeah, weird yeah, dreams. Yeah. You know, your brain's trying to create a story while you're sleeping in your subconscious mind, but all these things you experience during the day. And what I've discovered is if we're open to it, we'll see connections in dreams that we didn't possibly see before. And I'm a big believer in have a pencil and paper next to your bed. You know, how many times have you woken up in the middle of the night with 
an idea that will change the world and you think, okay, I'll remember this in the morning and you never do. Yeah, my husband and I have a practice of, um, we always share our dreams with each other in the morning. That's awesome. Yeah, and sometimes we interrupt each other because we got to get it out so we don't forget it. So we need a notebook by the I actually got a pen that has a little light on the tip of it. So I don't wake my wife up, Uh but I can reach over and jot that dream down. And um, sometimes I don't see, have an insight that moment or even the next day, but a couple days later, suddenly I realize, okay, I realized why I was driving that car backwards in that dream. Now that's going to answer my problem. Yeah. And so little things like that. In fact, there's a lot of research that indicates the, just in those moments falling asleep, in those moments waking up is when the best ideas happen. In fact, a lot of people, Thomas Edison was a big believer in taking naps. And he realized, he actually experimented and would have a steel ball in his hand, sit in a chair and put a metal plate under the chair. And as he would nod off, yes. he would drop the ball and yeah. it would wake him up. The noise would wake him up and he would make a note of what he was dreaming about at that moment. So it's interesting. It is. It's very interesting. Yeah. And, and I think as Christians, we should be the most creative people on the face of the earth because we are created yeah, in the image absolutely. of our creator who has gifted us yeah. with so many gifts and talents. And I think sometimes we, we don't know because we don't ask. That's and true. so for me, when, when I ask, where does my gifting and my calling line up? Then God started giving me all kinds of yeah. big God-sized dreams that were way too big for me to do on my own. And I think he does that also so that we have to rely on him through that process. That's really true. And, and, you know, one of the things that I I talk about in the book quite a bit is you have to learn to say no. If you're going to have great ideas, you know, we feel as Christians sometimes that we have to do everything everybody asks. We have to be there for everybody. But the truth is, if God's called you to accomplish something in your life, you're never going to, you would have never come up with a podcast conference or made it happen if you were doing everything that everybody required you know, requested from you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you have to say no to even good ideas in order to have the time to create great ideas. And I think very often when God calls us to do something important, we have to say no to a lot of stuff. And yeah. people are uncomfortable with that. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to say no. Well, but Yeah, you don't have to be a jerk. Right, but right, right. you have to say no. Yeah, you have to say no. In fact, I, 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 in my book, I have a whole list of gracious ways of saying no <laughs> that uh, doesn't make you a jerk or a bad guy. But uh, people just need to understand i mean i don't i don't you, you can't not, always take answer the phone every time it rings you yeah. can't respond every time somebody calls no do not um, disturb has been a wonderful thing oh, i set it on my yeah. phone and i don't let it to get notifications until after 10 a.m and that way i have the morning time with the lord i won't be distracted i can do my exercise and oh. i don't even and then i shut it off early too so we, we have agree. to we have to have those guardrails or even when we're writing uh-huh. i mean turn off those notifications because you'll never get any Anything written. Never. <laughs> Never. And I also think, you know, one of the things that you've done well is find the most creative part of your day and focus on that day yeah. or focus on that time. Uh, very often we don't find, you know, for me, between 6 a.m. and noon, I can write like a crazy person. I can plan, I can create, I can do whatever. After lunch, I'm pretty worthless. I can do meetings, I can travel, I can even speak at conferences, but when it comes to creating new stuff, I have to do it in the morning. And so I have, I don't take calls during that time. My assistant put a big sign up outside my office that's from the Wizard of Oz. It said, nobody gets to see the wizard. Not, no how, no, nobody, no how. That's what it is. And um, so it's that just protecting that time is really important. We often don't realize why that matters, but it's super important. In fact, you know, even if you have a day job, my, I wrote my first two books when I realized 
I was a morning person, I would come in two hours early to the office. I knew I couldn't control my day, but I came in two hours early and I wrote my first two books in those two hours because I was 10 times more productive in that morning period than I would have been the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, so I think just learning when you're when you're creative, uh, how to, you know, where to be creative, you know, where do you like to be creative? Uh, for me, it's my home office. Other people like to go to Starbucks maybe, but find those places, find the time and it makes a big difference. Yeah. For me, when I was writing The Struggle is Real, it was like four o'clock in the morning Ooh. when I would get up because I was homeschooling still and had boys oh. at home. And if I waited until they got up, Forget you know, and, and just with my work and working from home and having yeah. the boys. Yeah. So, but those were really sweet hours with the Lord that yeah. I would not uh, change for anything. So I am super excited about this book that you've written. So tell everybody the title of the book. It's Ideas on a Deadline, How to Be Creative When the Clock is Ticking. When the Clock is yeah. Ticking. And, yeah. uh, and you can find out at my blog, philcook.com. I'm cook with an E, by the way, C-O-O-K-E. Uh, people can go to, I, I write about these issues of faith, media, culture, all the time. And so my blog's at philcook.com. You can find out where to get the book there. And, and I'm, I, I'm excited about it. I am excited for you. We're <laughs> going to put links to all of the things in the show notes. So great. we just thank you so much for being here well, with thank us you. today. This is fantastic. By the way, you're a great interviewer. This was fun. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. 